Welcome to Two Marks and a Mic podcast. I'm Phil. Joe is not with us today, so we're going to have a special guest is my lovely wife, Mona. Hello, everyone. So today we're going to be talking about finishing moves. No particular order or anything like that. These are just finisher moves that we thought were cool, a little bit more abrupt in, um, you know, in their execution. And I just, it's like, I feel that when you see a shocking finishing move, you're like, oh my God, where'd it come from? You know, one that peeks out in my brain is Randy Corton, Randy Corton, <laughs> Randy Orton and his RKO. Yeah, the RKO is definitely one that you don't really see coming at all. Um, it's very entertaining to see because you're just like, oh my gosh, is he going to do it right now? Or is it going to come in a few minutes? Or you never really see it coming. Exactly. My favorite one that he pulled off was his match with Jeff Hardy for the championship. I want to say it was a Survivor Series. I could be wrong. Jeff Hardy was going for his twist of fate. Right at the very last second as he hit it, Orton spun and hit him with the RKO and got the one, two, three. That was really cool. I think we were watching the Royal Rumble the other night. Yeah, I think it was Royal Rumble 25. Didn't he? I think he hit it on Rey Mysterio as he was coming off the ropes or something yeah, like that. Yeah, he was, Rey Mysterio was midair and Randy Orton caught him and just slammed him down. That one was a very impressive right. uh, RKO. You know, so he's done that quite a bit. I've seen him catch people off the ropes before. My He did one that was really cool where... I think it was a street fight scenario. Somebody went to go jump off the ropes, and he and he hit the RKO on steel steps. So that means, you know, of course, obviously he's kayfaving it with, you know, he's protecting his opponent, but it looked devastating. Yeah. So you know, kudos to him for coming up. I'm not sure if that was his original finisher or not. I know some guys, you know, as as you progress in the business, you learn how to uh, evolve as far as your finishing moves are concerned. I know a lot of guys started with with a certain type of finishing move and then evolved into something better because it was a better move in their set. Stone Cold Steve Austin, for example, we'll move on to him. He started off using the Million Dollar Dream and also used what is called a Texas Clover Leaf, which is a standing figure four. Very uh, unique move. It's, it's an old school move. It's really cool to look at. So, but then of course he made the Stone Cold Stunner entertaining to, to watch because you never knew when it was going to hit. For the and it part. was it was definitely a very popular move too. It was something that really got the crowd up on their feet. Exactly. Um, he definitely was a very good entertainer as far as that's concerned because, like you said, you never knew when it was coming. Mm-hmm. A lot like Randy Orton's move, also. Right. One that I feel like is an honorable mention. One is uh, you know when you're talking about the evolution of people's you know finishers. Um, I feel like Triple H never strayed from the pedigree. I feel like even when he was as like the the aristocrat, aristocrat, you know, when he was playing that part, he still had the pedigree. Mm -hmm. And then as he evolved as a superstar, he never strayed from that. So Mm -hmm. he seemed to find something that worked for him. And he just, he went with it. And I, I respect that. I think that that's a great one. Like when you find something, he was just like, let's stick with it. So I, I thought that would be an honorable mention, even though it's not one that's like a shocking move that like comes out of nowhere. I really do enjoy seeing that one every single time still. Exactly. There was one, it was when he was still doing the aristocrat gimmick, facing some curtain jerker. And it was just a jobber. The guy, he was in the, he was in the pedigree and the guy jumped too much. And his, and his feet went above Triple H's head. And he almost did like a weird looking spike pile driver thing. <laughs> and I'm like, I hope that guy's not eating through a straw right now for the rest of his natural life. But he probably is. Because he's the one that botched the move. But um, another one that I like to talk about, Carlito's backstabber. 
I love that move. And I think we were watching, I think it was also a WrestleMania as well, or a rumble, a rumble. I think it was, a, it was the road to WrestleMania. You're right. It was a rumble. And, um, it was the great Kali. He went to go do it. It was the funniest thing ever. Cause yeah. you see him jump up and then he literally just slams himself down. Doesn't even bring his opponent down. Yeah, He didn't even move the Kali. Yeah. It was, Kali. it was so funny. It was, so it's not only a really good finisher, but it's also an entertaining move when it doesn't, when he misses it. Yeah. When it doesn't follow through with the back stabber it just looks like it hurts but in all honesty i mean i'm sure it does hurt a little bit because most of these moves do at some point i think that if any if it hurts anybody it's probably carlito exactly taking the most of the bump it's really cool i mean it's a great name for it i mean someone could have called it a backcracker but it doesn't really have the same you know connotation to it because you know his, his character is you can't trust him and i really enjoyed the carlito character too you know at first when i first saw him i was like Gosh, this is... Uh, it's like, oh, Sideshow Bob's son. Exactly, yeah. Right, yeah. I, I wasn't very impressed, but as his character evolved and grew, I, I was like, okay, I like this guy. Yeah. You know, even if he is, you know, turning face or he's a heel, either way, he is just, he's he's great for the role. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. Other, I have another honorable mention that just looks like it's devastating is um, Victoria's Widow's Peak. It's not a... Surprising or shocking No, move. it's not. There's a lot of setup for the move, but when she hits it, it's like... Jesus. Yeah. It looks so devastating. Yeah. And for her, the, the, the character that she played as like, you know, a quote unquote crazy person, mm-hmm. it really did fit her character as well. Yeah. And it was, it looked like it was a very devastating move. So she pulled it off beautifully every single time she did it. Exactly. She was a great performer. I mean, she came back to the Rumble, I think, either last year. She's been in the business for a while. She has. The, the spear that Edge uses, it's kind of, it can be out of nowhere at sometimes the first TLC match. And you see Edge do the spear off a ladder. I like it because it's, it's a sudden move, but what I don't like about it is that everybody and his brother does it pretty much. Yeah, but I like the way that he does it because he crouches down, he gets it set up. So yeah, it may not be surprise, surprise, like say an RKO. Right. But, you know, the the crowd can see it going, and depending on how the opponent sets themselves up and how long they take to get into the position where the spear can be done, mm-hmm. it can be prolonged a little bit a little bit more. Right. But I really do enjoy that it is a very it's a very good move. And that table ladder and chair that was against the Hardy Boys. That was that was, was the first one. It yes? was actually against the Hardys, against Edge and Christian, against the Dudleys. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was a like a triple threat. Triple threat team match. That that's it, and for for the tag team titles, and I, the the whole idea of the spear at that time, you had at least two people using the spear, right? You had Edge for sure, and then you would have Rhino, who was an ECW guy, and he just called his the Gore. I mean, but okay, spear Gore, it's the same thing. We talked about how people will do other people's finishers as a regular move, and how it really, in my mind, it diminishes the finisher. Like, when you see somebody throw a super kick and they kick out, it diminishes Sean when he would do it. That's one of the best finishers in the history of the business because you never knew. The one that I recall, I'm sure everybody else does too, it was a random Raw. Him and Benjamin were having a match, and Benjamin, as athletic as he was, did his little Spider-Man jump off the top rope, and Sean caught him with the kick. I still think the guy's taste buds are somewhere in that arena. <laughs> I think so, too. It was, I mean, I remember seeing that, and there was not a butt in a seat anywhere in that arena when that, when that kick happened. And he's done that multiple times, but it still has the same effect regardless. Now, speaking of somebody who evolved their finisher, Sean is one of those people. In the mid-90s, he used to use a side suplex when he was still kind of an underneath guy. 
I guess if you read his book, they were farting around the ring and Sean threw a, a crescent kick. Scott Hall happened to be there. And he's like, well, why don't you use that for your finisher? And he goes, why? He goes, it's your best move. So he tried it out and he said it stuck like glue and it just became a thing. You know? And that move must be something that really just opens up the hips. I can't believe how flexible he is to be able to hit that that high. Right. We just watched WrestleMania 25 uh, with him and The Undertaker. That was their first match uh, at a WrestleMania and watching that, for him to be able to hit that super kick and actually hit The Undertaker, to me, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I didn't realize that his span, that his leg span can hit that high. I was, like you said, it's one of the best moves. I, I really do enjoy that finisher. It just goes to show you, they take time to stretch before the match. And last but not least, Jake the Snake Roberts finisher, the DDT. I think a lot of the wrestling world can thank him for such an important move. I mean, we talked about it before on this podcast, but it's so simplistic, and it, but it's so beautiful at the same time. When you just take someone and you drop them on their head, and that's it, you know. But you knew that when he, you know, when he did that little slap on their back and dropped them, you know, which everybody probably knows that the slap on the back is a signal to drop. He made it look extremely devastating. Yeah. The problem is, is that yet again, when you have. A move like that, people want to use it in their match because it looks cool and it gets a good pop. But the problem is, is it now it's overdone. But I think, all, honestly, it's almost like imitation is the highest form of flattery. You know, uh, yes, it's overdone and no longer considered a finisher. But I think the the way that Jake the Snake did that move, it was something that I think everybody should incorporate in their career as a wrestler at least once. Right. And then, you know, of course, you have variations of it. You know, like Edge used what he called the Impaler DDT, where he would pick him up and then do it. And then you know, Raven used it and he called, instead of calling it a DDT, he called it the even flow. So the DDT is, it's a great move. Deserves to be top of the list on this, I think. Do you think any of the moves you want to uh, no, I, I can't really. There are so many to go through. You know, there there have been so many entertainers that have come through WWE that it would take hours if we really wanted to dissect every single one. Right. Um, but I really, you know, out of out of all the ones that we talked about, you know, what one do you feel is like your favorite? That's a tough one. Uh, you know, I don't like saying I have a favorite because there's not one particular finisher that I like. I mean, I like the pedigree. I like the super kick. I like the DDT. I like the, you know, I guess if I actually had to pick a favorite would probably be the DDT just because, you know, granted, you know, it's, it's an old, it's old school move. No one really uses it as a finisher anymore that I'm aware of, but you know, it just, I think it was voted the number one favorite finisher of all time. Yeah. And, and rightfully so. It really is such a great move. Right. How about um, you for your favorite? For me, actually, I have always been because the, it was the generation that I grew up watching wrestling. Um, I love Stone Cold Steve Austin. So his stunner has always been my favorite. Right. Every time I would watch it when I was a little girl, I would get so excited and I would be like, oh my gosh, he did it. He did it. Mm. So uh, to me, that seems to be like my absolute favorite of this list that we've done so far. I really enjoyed just watching him work. I think that's really going to wrap it up for this episode and I uh, appreciate you being able to help me out. And well, thank you for having me. This is a lot of fun. I enjoyed yeah, it. Yeah, I know. It's something, you know, a little different, but you know, we, no one can ever replace Joe. Get better soon joe we really want to see you back sorry for the long break uh you know holidays and stuff like that but uh we're gonna come back full force next week